So on this episode, the super successful SaaS e-commerce growth hacker is going to teach us a bit about growth in e-commerce. It's a great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or fourfold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And- Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Hi guys, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell. And the episode you're about to listen to is a, I don't know, it's one of those really good ones where I not just picked up one point, I was resonating with the guest probably all through our conversation. And it's quite interesting. He is um, Guliam um, Cabane. He's, he's, he's French, but has um, worked in the San Francisco Bay Area all his life. He's an ex-Apple growth person. And then he moved over to SaaS, uh, to the SaaS world, working for a plethora of companies with the latest being Gorgeous. I kept on calling Gorgeous, Gorgias, just because of the way it's pronounced, it's it's spelled G-O-R-G-I-A-S, I I think. So it's Gorgeous, um, Gorgeous, sorry, Gorgeous, um, you know, the CS, the CX um, platform, the customer service, you know, platform for um, Shopify, Magento, and um, big commerce, and um, he 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 pretty much ten x their growth um, in two years. Um, obviously, in collaboration with the product team, we talked about that. Five um, x their team size. Um, they they are they're based in San Francisco and France, I believe. Um, and he's worked for for not just them. He's worked in the past um, for um, G two. Um, the platform for for buying B two B buying. He's worked for Abstract. He's worked for Scout, which is his uh, Sequoia Capital product. Um, he's worked as a growth advisor um, for MetaData.io. Um, it's incredible. His his what for Drift? We talked about Drift. You know the 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 chat system and and his growth hacks there and how you can apply some of those principles to e commerce. He's an incredible you know, incredible speaker. He's well sought after. So it's it's an extreme privilege to actually have him on the show, just sharing his nuggets for free for one hour, essentially. Um, 
what what can I say if if you're if you want to co- we covered um, you know product launches we we covered um, performance we we covered community building and um, we we covered the importance of customer experience so so it's it's a it's a value packed episode it's one of those episodes that you just take note from as in like you 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 just take notes essentially so enjoy the episode let me know how and um, what you think about this one and i shall catch you on the other side cheers what do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like colourpop hawkberry and custom ink all have in common well, they rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform that powers over 25,000 online businesses. Klaviyo is supported by a dedicated team of experts and it is a platform that processes and consumes more data than any other in the market. Klaviyo helps you own customer experience and grow high value customer relationships. Right from shoppers first impressions to each subsequent purchase, Clavio will understand every single customer interaction and empowers brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360 view on customers, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to get Clavio's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is clavio.com forward slash 2x. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and big commerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. And I'm your host, Kune Campbell. This is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. Um, So if you are ambitious about growing metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales, you know, um, I, as I said, I, I try and get the best of the best experts on this show, my promise to you all. And um, they just drop value. 
you know, as in massive amounts of value. Speaking of which, um, I this was a very special one. I I looked for this for for the guest you're about to listen to. I was on the search. I was like super impressed with his profile, what he had done, and I was like, you know, hoping and praying that he would accept the request to come on this show. His name is Julian, well, G. Cabane. He is the VP of Growth Marketing at GeorgiaS. Now, what's quite interesting is that we don't get SaaS growth people on. But why I have been so attracted to, to, to G's profile has been essentially what he has been able to do at GeorgiaS. And we're going to talk about the 10x growth he's been able to achieve there and the insights they're able to get off the back of the huge number of e-commerce stores that um, they service and how that is going to help you guys. I'm going to get some insights. We're going to dig really deep into getting some insights for you to just learn from so you don't make those mistakes or you take those actions of best in class, shall I say habits, which Julianne and his team at GeorgiaS are seeing from top tier e-commerce businesses. How's that? Okay, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Julian Cabani to the show. Welcome, Julian. Hey, Kunle. How you doing? I'm very, very, very well. Thank you. You got my name right, which is awesome. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, right. So you have worked from, <laughs> just looking at your LinkedIn profile, um, started out in Apple. You've worked segments as in it's just been growth hacking, growth marketing. Growth hacking doesn't do you justice. Um, you, you, you understand, um, you know, the DNA of growth and you, 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 you put it into SaaS businesses. And I think, should we just should, should should I allow you to give a brief introduction about yourself and you know um, your journey thus far, and then we take it from there? Sure, uh, happy to. Uh, I'd say the the very brief one liner is I've been selling things to people online for the past twenty years. Mm. That's what I've been doing, right? And um, and absolutely, like I started, you know, on the online B two B business at Apple in in the early two thousands, which was a very different time then, very very different. Um, and I went into SaaS in the uh, say mid two thousand tens, selling software. But I mean, all in all, um, I've just built expertise and knowledge into the different ways. Um, tactics and strategies into uh, selling online. Um, and I, th I think that's uh, shaped me into, um, into the person I'm right now. And the, the, the one aspect I'd, I'd love to uh, cover today is how I've helped the brands and companies I've worked with um, grow faster than all of their competitors, uh, grow more efficiently. Uh, than all the competitors. Uh, and when we think of growth hacking, that's kind of, let's say, the the part that matters to me the most is how do you grow faster and more efficiently um, than anyone else on your market? It's getting that hockey stick growth, that, mm -hmm. that burst, you know, that, that really, you know, um, you know, puts you in the limelight and allows you be be a player, a formidable player in yeah. that space. Um, one thing that, <clears throat> just looking at, what the latest thing you've done? You're an advisor and VP of growth marketing at GeorgiaS. Um, you joined at the seed stage when there were just 20 employees. Correct. Now, GeorgiaS is um, what? 
Series B hyper growth with over 100 employees. So that's 10x essentially. So yep. they've grown up to 5x employees, 10x revenue in two years. Yeah, that's that's about correct. Uh, that's okay. about correct. And uh, it's been an amazing journey. Um, I've actually... Um, I've been a mentor and advisor of startups uh, for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And the fun story is I met uh, Alex and Romain, the, the two founders, when I was mm-hmm. doing some uh, mentoring of startups back in Paris, France. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on the, on the jury of one of those like uh, incubators mm-hmm. and, um, and I met them and then I mentored them for a few months. They want to, um, I'd say slightly different, uh, product iteration. And, you know, then we re-met a few years later and they had built uh, gorgeous. Mm. And I I really appreciated um, one thing, uh, because, you know, like I have many opportunities to join um, uh, startups, um, businesses and help them grow. Um, And so often the question is like, why, why gorgeous? Why, why that one? And, you know, among all the others. And what I appreciate, what I, uh, what actually is appealing to me is their ability to focus on one thing they do very well. The common mistake, especially for SaaS founders, for young SaaS founders, people who sell like at the online software, is to try and to do everything for everyone. Um, and especially uh, on Gorgeous's target market, which is like helping at uh, say uh, e-commerce merchants with let's say their customer experience with the with all of the uh, uh, large volume of tickets. There are many players with lots of good software. You, know, you got to be respectful of, on who's of, who's on your market, right? You got to understand that. Um, and so their ability to focus on a sub, uh, say on a sub part, on a smaller part of the market, has been really what I think is a defining factor of success. You've got to find a place where you're really good, and you got to like win that spot, and then you can expand. Mm. Don't do it the other way around. Mm. So, so, so the key takeaway is for 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 retailers, could, could can that be replicated for 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 an e-commerce business? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty simple. Like you don't you don't enter the e-commerce world by trying to be Amazon. Mm. That's 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 the obvious thing, right? But even if you're looking at let's say like smaller. Smaller markets, um, I don't know, imagine you want to uh, start a, a online jewelry. You know, there's, there's gazillions of people selling jewelry online, right? And so you can't just say, hey, I'm going to sell jewelry worldwide to all different uh, types of people and populations around the entire world. Like, that's just, it's a too big of a nut to crack, right? Um, you've got to focus, you've got to understand, like, what is an underserved uh, I'd say part of the market uh, where I can make a nice dent um, because my product will resonate better, my marketing will resonate be- better, right? And that is true whether you're sell- selling to consumers or you're selling to professionals as a B2B SaaS player. It's exactly the same thing. If you look at how Gorgeous competes, uh, let's let's say the number one competitor would be Zendesk. Zendesk is a great product, uh, amazing people, but they serve almost any business. They're not focused on uh, e-tailers, on e-commerce. And so their integrations with Shopify and other, uh, let's say, platforms is okay, but not great. Their uh, salespeople, uh, success people, marketing people also have a moderate understanding because that's e-commerce is a small market for them. Mm. And so being very specific 
we can have a much better product, a much better marketing, a much better uh, relationship with, say, this target market. Mm. And so eventually our product and our entire experience is better, right? And th that is true regardless of uh, what you're selling. Mm. Makes sense. It makes, a, it makes a, a lot of sense. So how disruptive is Georgius, um, or Gorgias, sorry, in, in the CS, CX customer experience you know, um, you know, platform space in in e-commerce at the at the moment. Yeah, I'd say uh, there are there are a few players, uh, you know, that have pretty good um, uh, pretty good products. And and you know, like if you look back at the the past couple roles I've had, um, the the same similarities um, appear, which is like the the technology renewal, like handling tickets for online stores is, is not new. It's just a wave of like bundling and unbundling, right? And right now we're in a wave of unbundling. Instead of having to, I'd say, uh, do um, everything in one big e-commerce platform, now we're unbundling the, um, I'd say, the shop experience with Shopify, the payment experience, and the uh, support experience. And mm -hmm. all of those uh, building blocks are there to help e-tailers provide experience that is uh, as close as possible to the leaders uh, in the space, right? Who have their own internal solutions. Um, so how disruptive it, it, is it? Well, it enables our customers to, those retailers, to reduce the time to respond uh, to their consumers um, by many, many multiples. So going down from like, sometimes days down to like less than an hour, which increases customer experience. And we've seen that for the, let's say, the more than 4,000 uh, e-tailers that are, are customers that work with, with Gorgeous, um, the repeat rate uh, and the, um, the, say, the cost of doing business has gone, the cost of doing business has gone down, the repeat rate has gone up. Um, and so they just, they are just much more profitable businesses once they shift to us. And you know, that's what we really want to help them with. But even if you take a step back, like it's a very positive, selfish, selfish approach, which I like, right? Uh, I'm, I'm a consumer. I'm a customer. I buy things online. And very often, like the experience outside of the major platforms is not ideal. I just want the experience to be great. All right. Um, and we'll go into how we how we do that. But like eventually, I just want the entire buying experience to be better. And we think we can, you know, help a bit there. Uh, I want to ask, and you know, about the early stages of of building gorgeous, um, especially you know um, when there's a lot of energy in, in, in product. There still is, you know, that you have your product people. The question I have is, what was the link? between um, marketing, which you were heading, which you still had, and product, you know, was there a feedback loop? Did, did both departments sit in the same room? Absolutely. Um, essentially to, 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 to sort of optimize both um, what you were doing in the growth aspect and how they were optimizing the product to, to just make it perfect. The reason I'm asking is in e-commerce, um, a major trend of growth now has been like product launches. And we, we talked about it a few episodes back and the importance of running like, you know, product launches or expanding your, your product offering and, you know, almost having like mini events on a quarterly basis to sort of 
hold on the attention of, of your customers and essentially, and sometimes it's that disconnect between um, the product people and the, the marketing people. So I'd, I'd like to, to just get your insights on, on that, especially given the fact that um, you 3X growth initially, you know, in the first 12 months. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. For me, it's all about like getting and retaining attention of your uh, target audience, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, Product launches is one way to do that. If you look back at uh, my uh, my previous role, um, I was VP of Growth at Drift, which is a, a live chat, which is primarily used also again like in, in the B two B SaaS uh, space. Um, and we were competing, and they are competing with uh, a larger player called Intercom. Um, and so, like, we just didn't have the dollars. Uh, to compete, we didn't have the um, 10x product uh, to compete. So, you know, what's what's the game plan? Um, and the game plan came in in say, in, in a couple of angles. W- one was um, extremely quick product iteration mm-hmm. uh, that was combined with uh, extremely strong marketing of each of those iterations. So every small feature. So those it was really easy. On the second Tuesday of every month, there was a product launch. And that product launch was handled as if it was something major every Tuesday. Um, and it was launched on Product Hunt, which is a, a platform for, like, I'd say, um, SaaS apps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was launched, you know, with the, all the bells and whistles on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. With you know the announcements, the PR, the uh, the the adver- the advertising, the email campaigns, the uh, podcast, and YouTube, all all all, all of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it wasn't a, a major product launch from a technical standpoint because like there's only so much you can do in, in a month, right? But it created an impression in the market that we were moving, you know, a release velocity was super high. Mm-hmm. And it stressed the competitor out a lot because now they were spending the first, I'd say, 12 days of the month wondering what we were going to launch. And the following, I'd say, two weeks, trying to react mm-hmm. right, and launch their own thing. And so it was fantastic because we had then been able to um, set the momentum, set the pace, and, and I'd say, uh, f- disturb them from their necessary focus, mm. right? They were focused on us. And when you have a leader focused on the underdog and you're the underdog, you mm. know you're doing a, a good job. Yeah, yeah, makes, makes a lot of sense. Could you break down that process, you know, where, you know, Tuesday was coming, how did you get everything in line? Like you, you talked about podcast, you talked about, um, you know, product, product hunt obviously is a submission. Um, how did marketing get in line to, to get the market, you know, um, excited? And did you have a different strategy for existing customers? Cause that, that's like a retention play right there, you know, really. Absolutely. Um, from a, from an acquisition standpoint, you know, wh- wh- how did you have everything in line? So, you know, it was, yeah. That's yeah. usually everything was less, just more. <laughs> so enough. the first few times, like a lot of things didn't, didn't align well, but eventually mm-hmm. like you end up with like a checklist, uh, and you have a checklist with, you know, how many days before the launch do you need to start working on that piece of content, 
right? We only need to get the uh, the right influencers uh, lined up. Um, you need to have somebody. I'll just like take the uh, marketing aspects, which are relatable to uh, retail mm-hmm. and, and online sales. But like mm-hmm. uh, every product was aligned with you know a small portion of the people who are our influencers, uh, and we kept them in the loop on what was coming, and we would let them know maybe two ish weeks around you know, before launch. Say, hey, this thing is coming. We think it's a really good fit for what you do. We'd love you to try it out. And so they were they were tried out. You know, there was also like a. Uh, non-release agreements and whatnot, and then we'd have um, uh, on, we'd start building all of the, the videos, uh, all of the uh, product uh, content, um, and and you know it's it, eventually it's it's just a practice, right? Mm-hmm. You just build the practice. Um, but the one thing I think that is important is a lot of people say, well, we can't do it because we just don't have the the product velocity. And it's a mistake to think that you need uh, a fully-fledged, large, new product to do that. We did the same thing with minor releases. And sometimes we didn't have the product because the product didn't work. And we launched things that were not really products. Like we actually launched like a university, which was a a set of online uh, courses, right, as if it was a product. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, we launched awards in the same way, right? Um, and so we just made um, we injected a lot of momentum uh, in each of those monthly push, mm-hmm. right? And so that creates significant efficiency. I think it's kind of like you know you a lot of times like in marketing, what is true is that if you do. If you inject um, not enough momentum, so it's like trying to push on a snowball, like nothing happens, right? You need to actually inject a lot of momentum yeah. to get that snowball effect. Yeah. Um, and and you know the same is true for 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 online sales and, and e-commerce, right? Yeah. Um, you're not going to build, or it's going to be much harder to build a community and build, let's say, momentum if you're just doing like minimal investment or that's spread out on a very long time period. Yeah. Right, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to have the 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 people talking to each other about the product, about the experience, about the brand. It's not going to happen. Um, let's just take like one ex- uh, example uh, these days in the app uh, ecosystem. There's this app called the uh, Clubhouse, this uh, audio uh, social network, right? Yeah. Which is like all the rage right now, and you know it, they've been testing it for like let's say probably nine, ten months around because I, I registered like in uh, March of last year. Mm-hmm. But they've actually been working on like who do they want on the platform first, who they want as influencers, and then they started like releasing, releasing, bringing in new markets, new people, mm. um, and now they've for the past three months they've started to inject a ton of momentum, and everybody's talking about it, and mm-hmm. that's where you have those uh, network effects where uh, one person says, "Hey, like I've heard about this product, this app, whatever." Uh, it's cool. And the other person says, oh, yeah, I'm on it too. I like it too. Then it creates this uh, perception, this, this bonding, uh, this feeling of uh, togetherness, uh, which increases the value of your marketing. right? And that is just pure marketing tactic. It's not, uh, I'd say, specific to SaaS or apps or e-commerce. It's just pure human marketing. Mm. So, so in e-commerce, how can you sort of stimulate or nudge Existing customers to to rave about your 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 brand, mm-hmm. it's, their experience with your brand. 
Yep. I just got to break down two things. One is the product. And, you know, the product is a product. So, I, I, you know, there's not much um, uh, that I can help with here. And the other one is all of what is around the product. The experience before you get the product, when you get the product, and after you get the product. That's where it's it's really critical. And, you know, there's been a lot of improvements throughout the years. And, but it's still amazing how many, uh, I'd say, uh, e-commerce professionals forget that. They focus so much on the product that the rest of the experience is forgotten, mm. right? So how do you make sure? So, you know, I'm, I'm a marketing conversion specialist. So that's like my number one expertise, how you get people to buy stuff when they're on mm. the page. Um, and how many times do I buy stuff? And I don't know on the product page how long the delivery is going to take to get to my place, even before I sign up, right? And there are tools for that. Today, there are tools that, based on the IP of the visitor, will tell them, "Hey, this can be at your doorstep in uh, three to five days." Mm. Right? Just look at uh, Phoenix Commerce. That's a, a good example of a tool that does that. Right? Um, how many times do I go into a cart and I just can't uh, see what the um, shipping costs are going to be? I got to register and go through the entire process to see the shipping costs, and mm. I hate that. Right? So there's a lot of friction in that experience. Okay, um, and then. There's a lot of friction on, I'd say, when I get uh, the product, like, can I return it? Um, what if I'm not happy with it? What's what's the, uh, what of, uh, I'd say, all of the steps there, right? And there are brands that just go above and beyond in doing that, making sure that I feel, I'd say, uh, safe, I feel reassured about the entire process, that it's as frictionless as possible in the entire buying and returning and coming back experience. That wants, makes me want to come back and back and back again. So that's really where, uh, I'd say, the focus uh, needs to be. So, so does, does Gorgeous at least help or teach or... Um fine-tune the, the 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 soap for um you know the returns process and you know the post-purchase experience you know in in, in what ways does mm-hmm. as god just realized yeah. okay um there's a lot of discrepancy there's a lot yeah. of inconsistency here how, how can mm-hmm. we just you know streamline it for these folks for, for absolutely the most important thing the one thing people have got to realize it's uh responsiveness and real-timeness of, I'd say, the exchange. There's nothing as bothersome when I send an email about a, an order and it takes days to get an answer. And that is most of the time, okay? So being able to offer as close to real-time as an experience as possible, um, seamlessness, and that I don't need to explain my case and again and again and again, making it as simple as possible, helps with Yes, gorgeous helps. How does it help? Well, there's about like... 40 to 50% of all tickets that an uh, e-commerce merchant is going to get that are automatable. They're almost the same. Where's my, where's my package? Um, how do I do returns? Uh, it's not the right size. All of those are super easy, and our product just like enables automation for that. It could just automate those. Okay. Um, then for, let's say for all of those that need human oversight, we integrate directly with your, um, let's say your e-commerce platform, primarily like Shopify, Magento, and BigCommerce, right? And let's say the entire like uh, uh, payment ecosystem, if you have one, so that you can process returns, refunds, or rebates just in one click. 
is going to like process all the rest in in the in your other platform. So you don't need to have your agents like switch tabs and and fetch the data and what's the order, how much am I refunding, is it processed, and and, and so on and so on and so on. All right. So um, that that. It helps your agents be more efficient, and we have a lot of, let's say, automated uh, systems to let you know, hey, this ticket has been waiting for too long. Uh, this is beyond the SLA, the service level agreement that we have set. All right, so it helps your team to create that experience offsite. Right, and of course, like we have, like. Uh, there's a live chat and all of the other channels that we handle, like the social media channels and all that, that we can help you bring to all the tickets and all the experience from all the different channels. Mm. Right. So just saying like, it's not just the email, it's not just the website and the forms. It's also the chat. It's also like the, uh, the Facebook and the Instagram and all that. Messenger and, and the, yeah, the like, yeah, WhatsApp. Pretty much all of that. that so, and, and, you, know, and, you know, obviously like we have integration with all the SMS systems and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all those channels. Uh, but again, it's just like creating the best experience possible so that people can respond and, and message your team when they want, where they, wherever they are. Wherever they are. Wherever they are. Accessibility. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then from your end, there's a single communication hub, essentially, which is agnostic to to um to whatever platform mm-hmm. they're coming through. And, and it, there's just... Absolutely. Uh, it's really enabling it responsiveness from... Yeah. Um, from retailers. Yeah. And we help the, we help customers and saying, Hey, are you, how do you compare with uh, other uh, uh, merchants in your mm. category? Like mm. how good is your response time? How good is your resolution time? How good is the satisfaction of ratings, you know, on the tickets compared to other people? Because, you know, that's what matters. That's yeah. really what matters. If people are having a better experience somewhere else, they're going to go to that somewhere else. There's no reason why they would stay. There's right. NPS scoring in it. In the- yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as often as we say, like, if, you know, I, I, I hate quoting Amazon all the time, but they're not the cheapest. You want to go to, you want to buy the same thing somewhere else that's cheaper. You, it's very easy, right? But they are definitely the safest and, you know, they have one of the best customer experiences, yeah. right? It's much easier to buy from Amazon than to buy from a drop shipper. For for a lot of reasons, oh, for yeah. a lot of reasons, and so that's why they're the number one say, in in the world. So so eventually, competing on price doesn't help you win. Price alone is not enough, right? And product alone is rarely enough. Like if you have a great product but your experience is crappy, mm. like that's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Have you noticed how easily stores built on Shopify can be spotted from a mile away? This is because they tend to use the same themes, the same layout, and box standard product shots. If you're on a quest to build a fast-growing standout D2C e-commerce brand, your website should not just clearly tell your story, but should deliver a truly unique customer experience. That is why Famous exists. Famous is the secret to building premium, world-class brands on Shopify. Famous enables brand selling on Shopify to build compelling landing and product pages that include custom video, animations, and more. All pages built on Famous are optimized for storytelling, accelerate click-to-checkout conversions, and can be built without coding or developers. You can try it for free at 
famous.co.2x. That's F-A-M-O-U-S.co.2x. Famous enables e-commerce teams build and launch custom mobile and desktop shopping experiences. Famous has powered leading online retailers like The Honest Company, Just Fab, Fabletics, and more. Bring your premium shopping experience to life in minutes. To try Famous for free, visit famous.co.2x. That's famous.co.2x. Clavio is the e-commerce marketing platform that helps brands build relationships with memorable email and SMS messages. Today, more than 50,000 brands like Living Proof, Hint, and Choppies choose Clavio to help them grow. Learn more and get started with the free trial at clavio.com slash 2x. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. So what are you seeing like best in class e-tailers? Um, how are they using Gorgeous to the max from a customer experience standpoint? What are the best doing? Yeah, the, the, the best basically are using the, uh, the chat uh, widget integration. Mm-hmm. And um, they are very, they are, they are crystal clear that um, the easiest is just to write us an email or come on a chat and have a real-time conversation and solve and they solve the ticket on the spot. They just they don't say hey we the, they don't say we'll create a ticket we'll get back to you within uh, one to two business days. Mm. Right? That's like near the worst, right? And on the other side of the spectrum towards the best, it's like the individual agent has the power to solve your case right then and now. So <laughs> that the customer can have the uh, perception that he or she is talking to the right person and that, you know, it's a brand and everybody in the brand has ownership and responsibility about the experience. Yeah. You just think about it from a human perspective. When you send a message about something that you're unhappy about, that you, you know, something, it doesn't work the way you want it to work. And you get an automated, hey, you have ticket number a million and, and 200 and we'll get back to you in two days. Like, eh. I wrote into something and then somebody else could say, hey, can we, can you uh, fill this form and describe the problem? Like that experience is kind of like, you don't, f- I'm not, I'm not feeling emotionally attached to the brand. I'm not being perceived as a human being. I'm not G who bought your product and I'm not going to rave about your product online. That's not what it is. All right. Now look at the other side of the spectrum. Look at, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's Kunle that, you know, says, hey, Guillaume, thank you so much for being a customer. Like, let's, let's chat about it. Like, oh yeah, like I know this product really well. And like, I can definitely see why you're having this issue. Uh, I'll make it right, right now. Uh, what do you want? Do you want a refund? Do you want uh, uh, an exchange? Like, what is it that you want? Let's just make it right. And then, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll throw in a little something for you, a little discount, a little something for your friends, whatnot. Like, just creating that, I'm like, wow. This was just great, right? I'll definitely order again, right? That is the difference. That's what we want to help. And it's not just the systems. It's like it's empowering the humans that work for your company to create that. Yeah, it's cultural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top down, it's culture already. And um, I, I like the fact that you said that you talked about the feeling and friendliness, you know, that likability, which creates rapport. And, you know, just that, and and that rapport creates exactly what you were talking about, which is the word of mouth, you know, just 
talking, raving about your brand, essentially. That makes a lot of sense. Um, curious to know how Gorgeous handles, handles its own tickets when its customers, you know, it's Shopify or Big Commerce or Magento customers have issues. What, what, what systems do you have in place? Absolutely. We, we obviously use Gorgeous, so we use our own product for it. All right, um, okay, good. And, uh, and we've made some adaptations uh, because, you know, obviously we're not a Shopify store. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, we absolutely use Gorgeous for Gorgeous. Uh, and we also, we also have a CS team and we do track resolution time. We do track NPS. Um, we're very happy to have like an extremely high NPS uh, uh, for a SaaS business. Um, and we, yeah, so that's kind of how we do it. Well, let's talk about like the pillars of, of, of CX, the customer experience in, in e-commerce. Um, what you know, having built a platform, you know, arguably the, the number one platform, CX platform, in the Shopify store and big commerce store. Um, what pillars? What what are the critical, really critical pillars? Um, you know, um, brand should, um, well, e-commerce brand should be aware of when it comes to customer experience. Yeah, I think. Uh if we just focus on the things that are measurable, mm-hmm. there's going to be first response time, resolution time, and satisfaction time. Um, satisfaction rating, sorry. So th- these are the, the three very easily measurable, let's say, um, elements of the customer experience. The outcome of those uh, three things um, impacts what is the most important, which is the repeat rate. Um, I, I did a, a presentation, let's say, two years back on on e-commerce, and I was looking for some data on the um, the repeat rate and the uh, percentage of margin that comes from repeat customers uh, by industry. And if my memory serves me right, for most industries, the repeat rate, so the percentage of customers that, that order more than once, is in the thirty uh, percent, and the revenue that comes from those people. Is in the, is in the uh, high seventies, high seventy percent, yeah. right? Uh, so very few people stick, but most of your uh, margin uh, comes from them, which kind of makes sense because like you don't make that much money on the first order. Exactly, uh, there's the zero if at all. cost. Exactly, if exactly. at all. So so like without customer ex- without great customer experience, you just don't have a business. That, that's like that's the truth. Like unless you are like venture backed and you're happy to lose money for a few years, uh, which most of us are not, um, you don't have a business. Mm. That makes sense. Makes sense. Response time, resolution, satisfaction, score, outcome, mm-hmm. repeat rate, um, repeat. You know, and, and that's a holy grail, really. CLV, you know, repeat customer rate, <clears throat> as well as the margins off the back of it. Okay. Um, so, in in the e-commerce space, you know what. Well, in e-commerce marketing, you're, you're a growth hacker in the SaaS space. Um, mm-hmm. you, you started out in e-commerce initially with Apple. Um, yep. what, what can e-commerce marketing teams sort of learn um, from SaaS? You know, you guys are at the cutting edge and a lot of the innovation you figure out at the front end there yep. trickles down um, last, initially to, to e-commerce and then further down to, to B2B and, and other areas. Absolutely. Um I think the the current wave we're in uh, right now is um, intense personalization. So it is the ability to adapt your uh, marketing, uh, all all flavors of your marketing, your, your website, your emails, your ads, down to a, the smallest audience possible, and if possible, to a single person. 
right? Making sure that Kunle gets something that is really well adapted um, to him, his behaviors, his past purchases, what he's doing, looking, what he's interested in. Uh, that's one thing. That's been going on for a few years. Um, the other one is doing it real time. So how do you make those changes uh, happen uh, in real time and not through, I'd say, a, a, a data uh, upload a few weeks after Kunle came uh, to the site? Um, and all of that is kind of empowered by um, the, the more recent wave of, I'd say, a data-backed marketing. Uh, so of all of the, uh, when we think of MarTech, uh, marketing technology tools and platforms, um, there's been quite a change. It's in the past three, four years uh, on moving, uh, let's say, from a collection uh, of entangled tools to um, what we call like CDPs, like uh, uh, customer data platforms, mm -hmm. where we can uh, aggregate uh, all of the insights on our customers in one central place and uh, then um, have automated actions and consequences on our marketing from there. So we have one central database, which is always up to date, uh, which collects data from all of the different, uh, I'd say from either three, six, 360 degrees, uh, and all the marketing tools are connected there, and it happens in real time. So when your website loads, it's actually going to pull uh, from um, the data from the, from the CDP. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I've seen massive impact. If you look, for example, on the um, on the website, uh, on the dynamic uh, website, uh, you can see my friends at uh, Intelamize.com um, mm -hmm. have built amazing technology that have helped uh, B2B and B2C uh, businesses uh, personalize each page uh, at the moment it loads. Uh, based on the data you have. Sorry, what's the name of the thing? Uh, in, Intelamize. Intelamize. Intelamize.com, yeah. Right. Um, and, and they're not the only ones, right? Um, but it's obvious that the experience there is just so much better. Mm. Um, yeah. And I guess a lot of all this is driven by, by AI. Yeah, a, a lot of it uh, is because you're making... We all have the data, but then having a system that can take a decision on what is the best message to convince Kunle to buy right now. Mm. That can't be done by your team on a one-to-one -one basis. There's just too many people. Right? You need to have some flavor of AI that looks at the data and makes an informed decision of like what is the best piece of content to serve to your customer at this moment. Yeah, makes sense. CDB were the rage in the last in-person event I was um, I attended. This is like last February, mm -hmm. um, prior to to the March lockdown in, in New York, and um, it was in the um, the new subscription industry. Um, and they were just it was really the Martech thing. Uh, just Martech, you know, for the, just a focus on CDPs. Now, in in the world of e-commerce, what is the equivalent? So, so the news um, subscription industry has adopted by all indications, and that's because they're, they're really SaaS because they're, they're just trying to build mm -hmm. subscriptions. Absolutely. Um, but like in in um, in e-commerce, um, where is is that the next big thing? I think it's already happening, All to right. be honest. Uh, the difference is that in subscription, uh, actually the, the percentage of repeat is much higher and mm -hmm. you know your 
uh, current and, and future customers a, a lot more. Um, in the world of B2B, like, you know, all of the, the future customers, they just haven't bought yet, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in e-commerce, you don't know them, right? Um, and there's, a, there's a almost infinite supply of people who could buy. Uh, so you can't just map the entire market. Um, but aggregating data uh, uh, and having a central, uh, let's say, um, database uh, for all informations about a customer, that's already happening. Um, you know, my prior prior job, I was at uh, Segment.com, which mm-hmm. is one of the yeah, leading sure. uh, CDPs. And uh, a huge brands uh, work with, uh, with Segment, you know, um, including on the e-commerce side, uh, Levi's, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they've been using Segment to personalize uh, their uh, website in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that the cost of those technologies haven't yet trickled down to the point where they're available to like the smaller merchants. Yeah. But but yeah. you got to be ready. It is happening. Nosto is a is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and they're they're democratized to to a certain degree. You know, um, yeah. I believe it. I believe. It. I mean, all of what when you're on, when you want to look at what's the next wave, you got to look at what are the big brands. Uh, what can they afford right now? Um, and are there some newcomers on the uh, tech space that are going to democratize that technology uh, for the masses? Somebody's going to come and disrupt and say, hey, I can do this cheaper. It always happens. Just a number, question of yours. So um, if Romain and Alex were to approach you again um, and they were not doing CX, um, given the their ability to spot a gap in, in e-commerce, um, what in 2021, um, what gaps in e-commerce are you? Well, do, would you envisage they, they would have spotted to build yeah. another platform similar to God? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, interestingly enough, I I've been approached a few times lately, and there's a few that I have um, have felt strong alignment with. Um, mm-hmm. One is in the analytics uh, space uh, for e-commerce. Mm-hmm. That just isn't yet a platform where you can aggregate all the information about how much you spend um, to get customers, what's the revenue, how they behave, and then uh, take all those learnings and you know change your acquisition strategies. That just isn't yet. There's a collection of different tools um, and you're still like generally left like pulling all of that into an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's super metrics and whatnot, but that's, that's kind of like, um, aging a bit. And so there's now a, let's say a new technology wave that's happening there. Uh, and I talked with the folks at, uh, Polar Analytics, P-O-L-A-R, like the North Pole, okay. uh, Polar Analytics. And they just, you know, um, started a few months ago, but the product, I, I like where they're going a lot. I'm just, why am I liking that? Well, they simplify the work of the marketing teams on uh, on, e- on e-commerce a lot by just bridging, uh, let's say, a collection of uh, aging tools, making them more modern, making it easier to bring all the data together. Very similar to the mindset of Gorgeous. Different mm-hmm. space, but very similar. Um, there's no one who does that right now, and there's an obvious need, and there's a growing market. So feels to me that that's going to work Great. So if I were to to say yes to somebody, I'd probably say yes to them. Interesting. There's some solutions in the market, but I feel like 
they're they're quite rigid in mm-hmm. like attribution um, windows yep. and just the the way you 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 the windows you set for like returning customers and you know they're very fixed in the sense that the cohorts are, are very rigid at the back and you know you do it their way or you know the the highway essentially so um, it'd be interesting I'm on their website now. And polaranalytics.co and it'd be interesting to to give them a, a go or to even have a conversation with one of them absolutely and uh, i mean that's just one example but like i do believe that the same theme can happen in a few verticals which is uh, pulling in data from different uh, uh locations different sources to uh simplify the uh the work of the people trying to um comprehend understand what's happening mm. okay whether it is to respond to tickets or to build a good uh, analytics understanding of the um uh, acquisition performance um or any other vertical the same is true mm. Mm. Right? we generate so much data these days when you run a business online you generate so much data everywhere yeah. uh, that the effort to bring the data back and join it is massive it, it is, it is. And, and the, the, there's a major issue, in my opinion, on, on attribution, you know, attribution modeling and how to allocate budgets across effectively. So a lot of people just do a back of the napkin, um, what's it called, um, calculation and mm-hmm. say 70% is going to Facebook. Um, that's if like they're, they're into ge- demand generation or they could say, you know, 50% is going to Facebook, into Facebook, another 30 into Google will do mm-hmm. 10 in Snapchat, blah, blah, because of their audience sizes. But you you, you, you don't know this, right? You don't know where your top of funnel is yep. really coming from. So, so just picturing all that into a single platform that's yep. able to sort of map yep. out, you know, yep. customer journeys individually as well as by segments will be mind-blowing, would, would, yep. would just change and yep. um, just be more cost-efficient from an acquisition standpoint. I'll give you another one of something that's obvious. Um, I, I talked a few times with the founder of uh, FunnelGuard.co, funnel, mm. like the marketing funnel, FunnelGuard.co, yeah. and what they do is that they are a system that automatically connects to your Facebook and your landing pages and monitors to see when there is a uh, acquisition funnel that's broken or the weather performance is rapidly uh, uh, decreasing and they mm. then alert you they stop the spend if needs be you can set some rules and what happens yeah. and I'm like that is just so obvious like yep. how often did I talk to me like oh yeah we just realized that for the past two weeks this thing was broken or the uh, product wasn't showing up or the sign up form was broken and like they have automated testing just like if you think of like the uh, security space on like the apps really they uh, let you know when there's an intrusion in your in your mm-hmm. systems. It's very much the same thing. They just mm-hmm. basically they wake you up when things something's broken. And I I remember my days at Apple when like some sometimes something was broken and the site went down and we we would lose like millions per minute, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously Apple has systems for that, but most of the e-commerce merchants and SaaS people just don't have that. Mm-hmm. And in the past years, I've lost I'd say heaps of money on things that were broken that I was not monitoring, and I was like. Yeah, that's obvious. Like, tell me when things are broken. Send me an SMS, even at night, if it's critical. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 Makes 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 a lot of sense. I think analytics is is key, especially with um, with, with ID IDAP. I think um, and um, the iOS. You know, um, Apple. The, the iOS 14 and, you know, yeah. Facebook issue, you know, there's just yeah. a need to, to fill that gap. 
Cool. I just have two more questions before I let you go, just mindful of, of your time. The first is, um, you know, the, the pandemic and its impact on e-commerce and CX. Obviously, um, it was a, a, a an amazing year for e-commerce, given um, the, the circumstances. Um, yep. So, so from from Gorgeous's um, standpoint, what did what did customer experience look like? Was was there a spike in the usage of, of um, not just the adoption but actual usage of um, customers? You know, um, chasing up tickets and yep. raising tickets. Yep. And yep. What did you see? What was the nature there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, what happens is we've uh, fast forwarded the transition of offline to online by a few years, probably like five years ish, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to observe that by looking at some market that had stabilized. So you look at, for example, like buying books online. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the earliest markets and it had stabilized. Some people like it and some people just want to go like in a, in a local, yeah. let's say, a shop to buy their books, right? Um, and so that was like pretty stable. And that shifted. Some people were forced to buy books online. Okay, um, and, and then you look at that metric and you apply it to other industries and you see about the same thing. Right, buying diapers online, a couple of things. So and it just seemed that the very slow one to two to three percent a year transition of the, uh, uh, let's say, um, the market of offline to online has accelerated by like five years ish. All right. Um, and that the second uh, 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 order effect is that it has given the opportunity for brands to create uh, relationship and trust with people that they were unable to touch before. Some mm-hmm. people were just, just didn't care, didn't want to. And again, were forced uh, in, in the best and the worst ways uh, to buy online. And some of them found the experience delightful and will now stick online. All right. And so right now we're on a window of time where you have as an online retailer the opportunity to build a rapport, build a community. It's not going to happen again. At least we definitely hope so. Right? Not in this way. But this is amazing opportunity. Don't waste it. If you're not building a community, a rapport with your audience right now, when they have to buy online, when will you? Really, when will you? Okay, so this brings me to another question. And um, everything you've said just is spot on chimes in with um, with, with the direction, you know, with, with the theme we've been, you know, going on in, in this show. How do you build community, you know? Um, and, and it's not like, how do you build community? As in, there's one thing responding to emails, there's another being friendly with, the, with you know, with your customers and, you know, having that responsiveness. Would you, is communities, your concept of community, the traditional, you know, um, the 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 traditional view of community, you know, the forum thing where people congregate, you know, and they see each other, and there it's a membership thing, maybe like in a Facebook group or a Slack, you know, community, or is community, um, you know, the number of people who comment on your Instagram page, or is 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 community, you know, you run hosting live events and you know people attending. How, what what is? I'm just curious to. To, to, to get your understanding of, you know, building co- community, mm-hmm. because I've seen it work in various ways. And it it's just not, you know, when you say social media, you, 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 you know what we're talking about. So, so when you say community, could you define community? Yeah. For me, community is, um, truthfully, I think it is defined in opposition to what exists. All right. Uh, very rarely do we sell things to people that didn't exist in some shape or form before. You know, we're selling something that is, uh, we hope, better um, in some shape or form. Mm. Uh, and so 
very often communities are built in opposition to the old world and you want people to feel that you know they are making the right choice mm. okay and that goes through how can you uh, convince them of that message uh, uh, and you know just you know if you look at uh, Tesla is a good example like convincing people that electric is a future and the car was just like, one way to do that but like people convinced around like you know the uh, climate change and just like and and all of that built a community of people who who were i'd say um centered by opposition to so, conventional cars yeah, yeah yeah and that and and the more there is a gap the stronger the community is I was a big Apple and Mac fan in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. And you, if you go back into those days, you'll see how strong that community was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And but it's by opposition. All right. Yeah. It's always by opposition. So it's by building, let's uh, say, your product and marketing uh, by opposition of what exists uh, that you can create a community. You are better voice. in comparison to others. Yeah, yeah. The, you have to own that voice. You have to go against something bigger than you. So it's it's a big mm -hmm. cause, you know, in, in mm -hmm. itself. Absolutely. You want the people That's... in your audience to share your beliefs yeah. about what a better future yeah. is. And it's a feeling, really. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Absolutely. That, that's interesting. So it's 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 an idea. It's a movement. It's it's not the platform. It's mm -hmm. it's a thought. Absolutely. In, in, interesting. Very 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 interesting. Okay. Before I let you go, um, what integrate integration should we expect from 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 Gorgeous in twenty twenty one? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to reveal the product we own, map, but I can say we are building an app store with an open API. Uh, to build a complete ecosystem. And so anyone's going to be able to build integrations into our system. And that's, I think that's the future. Like, again, trying to be as open as possible yeah. so that um, other products can uh, freely integrate with us. That's going to be so, fantastic. So those SaaS um, listeners, mm -hmm. e-commerce yeah. SaaS listeners. All of the SMS uh, space, all of the, say, all of that. Yeah, all the spaces there. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. What are your thoughts on live streaming um, as a, as, as a channel, you know, it's, it's huge in, 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 in Asia. Um, absolutely. Do you think it's going to make strides in, in the West? In, in some parts of the population, uh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Starting with the obvious, like the, the younger, I'd say, population yeah. uh, that has, for sure, 100%. Uh, it, it's, it is also harder to pull off. It requires, like, the right uh, people and content, and, like, it, it's harder to pull off, right? Mm -hmm. But that's why it's going to be interesting because there's just so few brands that are going to, are going to be able to pull it off in the right way. Mm -hmm. Right. Walmart tried it last year. I didn't see the results. They did it with TikTok. Yeah. Interestingly. Trinium, it's, it's, um, yeah, this one was intellectually stimulating, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, for, for sure. those who want to, who just love what they've heard, you know, those listening up to, to now, watching up to now, um, where's the best place to, to, to get your wisdom, to suck up more of your wisdom? Yeah, I, uh, I share thoughts and, and data points. I try to be as transparent as possible on LinkedIn. So, okay. so just like, Follow me on LinkedIn, okay. uh, add me on LinkedIn, and I'll share uh, quite frequently like what I'm seeing on e-commerce, the uh, the CACs, the payback period times, and a lot mm -hmm. of like detailed data points. Um, yeah, we'll we'll link we'll link to, we'll link the show notes to to your LinkedIn for sure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for you know coming to the Two X e-commerce show. Thanks, Kunle. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.